When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Wrap Up, where I'm joined by Kyle Brickman live. After the Raptors 111-99 loss to the Orlando Magic, it was their second loss in a row to the Magic in Orlando, and it brought them to a grand total of 1-11 and uh, 11 on the road, I believe, for the Raptors this season, so... Yeah, the internet is panicking. Raptors Twitter is exploding, and we're here to talk about it. Uh, Kyle, I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Raptors season in general because me and you haven't really talked much this season. But let's start with the game. Uh, where did things go wrong for the Raptors? Do you? I guess um, start wherever you want to start. I, I don't even understand. Uh, I don't know if there's necessarily a point, but I don't understand uh, actually what happened to this team. I, I get that whatever Siakam had early foul trouble, that's understandable. He had a, you know, same with Van Vliet, but there's just like, they were physically dominated on the offensive glass. They were physically like, they didn't offensive rebound the ball well at all, which are those two staples of their, you know, of, <laughs> of their play. I guess they turned Orlando over a lot, which is like the Raptors blueprint, but they couldn't really get anything done with those turnovers. Like they, their offense was so poor that it doesn't really matter that they have so many extra possessions. They couldn't capitalize on it. Uh, mm-hmm. They shot 24% from the field. Or from, from the three, three sorry. 40% from yeah. the field. Um, and it's it's odd because like they turn the ball over nine times. That's actually a kind of terrific performance. And I, I until I checked the box score, I, I was kind of shocked because it felt like they were so poor offensively and so just discombobulated. Uh, that I would have expected more turnovers, but it was actually pretty low turnovers. I think maybe the story is they got killed on the glass. Uh, yeah. But I, I I don't actually know where to start with this one. It just seemed, for whatever reason, that the Magic were just a better team. It's a similar feeling to the New Orleans game that, uh, like a week ago, where the Raptors are basically overmatched physically. The difference being that the New Orleans team is a good NBA team who... Uh, you know, have given a lot of people trouble and the Magic are supposedly the worst team in the league. And frankly, I'm not even sure they're actively trying to win. So what does that say about the Raptors? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm as confused as you about the season as a whole. Um, but in terms of this game, this is a crazy stat. The Raptors I know, I know. <laughs> forced 18 turnovers and had nine points off the turnovers, whereas Magic forced nine turnovers and had 23 points off of them so like you said the transition offense was garbage for the raptors um it doesn't really matter if you're forcing turnovers or if you're creating second chance points if you're not capitalizing on them and and yeah on the magic it felt like every time they got an offensive rebound they were putting it back and every time the raptors got an offensive rebound nothing was really like they were just botching layups and then the the three point shooting is also obviously a huge concern. Twenty four percent tonight, 
just Gary really the only one who's been able to knock down threes over the past couple of weeks um, with Fred's struggles, with OG's struggles. And so, yeah, like I- I'm pretty confused too. I think the New Orleans game is a good example. Like the Raptors, when they go against these teams that are more athletic than them and, and just as big as them, or if not bigger, they really struggle to impose their kind of style on the game. And when you don't have the style advantage, you you're just not that, I guess, skilled of a team. So if you're not kind of dictating the, the terms of engagement, um, it can look like this. Other than that, though, like, I, I will say last game was a worse loss. Do you agree with that? Like, last Orlando yeah. loss was worse for me. In, in, okay, so from, like, a basketballing perspective, sure. But then, like, the sort of more abstract idea of like they just lost the worst team in the NBA on the road. Surely, surely they'll come motivated to this game and they'll set the record straight. And this has to be a Raptors win. They 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 yeah. learned their lesson. They were caught off guard. And they they didn't they didn't really look promising in this game either. So I get like in a vacuum they probably looked worse uh on Friday. But oof Man, I, I actually am not sure this is a this is a better loss, so to speak. I actually, I, I would have expected much more of them tonight in response to what was a really bad loss. That's true. I guess I guess I only say that because they played hard. Like I'll give the Raptors that they came out. The defense was amazing in the first half. For most of the game, the defense was really good. The offense was terrible, and we can talk about that. Um, but like they the effort was definitely there in this game. And I thought last game it was just like it was just an embarrassing performance. Whereas this game, really, they did have a lot of good looks from three that just weren't going in. They they were hustling all over the place. They were making extra efforts on defense. Um, but credit to the magic, I thought they played really well today. Um, but like you said, you I remember when the Raptors were playing these back-to-back series earlier in the season. They played Chicago, Philly, Miami, and all of them were 1-1. And every time someone asked Nick Nurse, like, is it just hard to win these back-to-backs? And he was pretty much like, yeah, like, to win two games against the same team back-to-back is just extremely hard. And so there's no excuse tonight. Like, you can't go out there and be like, well, we didn't knock down open shots whatever it's like no like you can't lose twice back to back really in any setting but especially against the Orlando Magic so in that sense it's super concerning and that's why the internet is currently exploding uh and, yeah and it's tough to resist like the urge to you know come here to come out swinging in the way and I don't re- I really don't want to do that and I don't want to jump into like the idea of having a conversation about like the direction of this team or et cetera, et cetera. but you know, it might be kind of necessary to talk bigger picture stuff with, you know, from I'm more critical about the bigger picture and the vision than I, I think I've ever been. That's what I'll yeah, say. Yeah, let's talk about that. The only thing I want to say on this game, lastly, is uh, way too many mid-range shots for me from the Raptors today. And like, this is the this is the chart right here. And it's like, if you're going to be the Raptors and you're not a very skilled offensive team, you kind of have to win the math battle. And Nurse has talked about how he wants to go in the direction of layups and threes out of the, because last year it was a lot of mid-range shots. And 
And the idea was everyone's developing, everyone has freedom, yada, yada, yada. This season at the beginning, he said he wants to limit those kind of shots. And like, if you look at the missed shots tonight, it's a ton of mid-range shots. And it's not, it's guys, like I'm okay with Trent taking them. I'm okay with Siakam taking them. Outside of that, I'm not, I'm really not okay with a lot of guys taking them. And they took a ton tonight. And yeah, the offensive process tonight was really, really bad. And maybe this leads us into a bigger discussion about the team because I felt like this season has been way too much like your turn, my turn. There's not a very clear offensive hierarchy outside of Siakam, who is obviously the top dog. After Siakam, though, it just feels like, all right, it's my turn now. And and now it's going to be Gary's turn. And now Scotty's going to take his like, there's no cohesion. There's not a lot of ball movement. Um, and that's kind of where I start in terms of, I mean, defensive is a whole nother issue, but in terms of like, there's clear body language issues with this team and there's just clear, like something is amiss. Like guys don't seem happy in their roles, whatever it is. And that's why it starts to me with like the offensive end. Cause it's just like, who is doing what on this team and who has accepted which role on this team? Um, so that's, that's kind of where my worries start. And frankly, it'd be one thing if their offense was like a heliocentric, like Luca or Harden in uh, in Houston offense with Siakam being the focal point. But it's not even really that they don't they haven't handed the keys to him entirely. They just happen to resort to him really, really often. And it's one thing like I guess it's different because it's not like they're going to have Siakam run 4,000 pick and rolls like in the same way you would with Luca or Harden. So you can't really craft an offense in, around him in a way, but uh, it, it, it's odd to me that they have, yeah, an offensive hierarchy where you have a really obvious, it's really obvious who your best player is. That's Pascal. I don't think there's like much debate about that at all. And yet um, there, there are be, there are times in which like, he doesn't even finish as like the person with the most attempts or the person with the most touches, the most, the highest usage. And that's, that is really odd to me because well, tonight he didn't No, there, but even like, I think nearly every single game, he should be the person touching the ball the most, or you go the opposite direction, which is like, let's have a, a, a and that's not like, this is actually the hardest thing to do in basketball is like create an offense where everyone touches the ball equally and everyone's cutting with purpose and screening. And, and there's like some sort of natural offensive flow that's collaborative and you have this beautiful offense. That's like uh, a joy to watch. That's not easy like to the just Celtics. create. Yeah. Like that's or the, the warriors. Like it's, it's like, yeah. okay, fine. So the Raptors can't be the warriors. That's not what I'm complaining about. But, but the Raptors could be the Celtics with what yeah, you just said. They have, exactly. They have high IQ basketball players like they're not they're, yeah whatever you don't have like the Steph Curry gravity or the Jason Tatum gravity iso type stuff but you, you do have highly talented basketball players you need to be able to like empower these guys and honestly like it just doesn't the offense feels so stagnant and it's not like movement like I get that movement doesn't equal uh, good offense, like whatever Stotts in Portland forever had the offense, like the most off ball screens and cuts and whatever. And they were like a pretty middling team. Uh, it didn't really matter, but it, they, it does feel like sometimes 
it, it's such a slog offensively. It's like so joyless and the ball doesn't hop around. Nothing like they, they pass the ball out of a double team and nothing is actually created out of that. There's like a, a the, the floor is shrunk to one side. You have a, a numbers advantage on one side of the floor and, and nothing comes of it. So I, I actually I'm searching for answers here. I, do, I don't know what the the answer is offensively. Yeah, I think Siakam's the right place to start. Um, when we think about what is wrong with this team in general, I think what happened was to start the season, Siakam masked a lot of their flaws by just mm. being this top five, top ten guy. Like, he was on another level. Uh, they were in a lot of clutch games and winning them, mostly because of him. And since he's come back from injury, he just hasn't been the same player. Like, he's still been good, but he hasn't been top ten in the league player since coming back from injury, which you kind of expect. Tonight, he was six for 16. That's not good. Um, so I think a big problem is that now that he's gotten back, he just hasn't been good to carry all the other guys' deficiencies. And like, again, when we think about what's wrong with the Raptors, let's be honest, Fred is having a horrible season. Scotty is having a really bad season, especially if you expected a jump. Um, Coloco is their starting center. And although he's been a pleasant surprise, he is not ready to play, uh, starting center minutes let alone i don't know about backup center minutes for a good team to be fair so, like, though that's... he did he did start the game and then play seven minutes so but that makes me think like do you guys want to win here because if you want to win yeah. games why aren't we yeah. starting Cambridge at center like well, it just doesn't make a lot of it, sense look I, it might be an overreaction to go into like the do you want to win games mode because we can have that talk and I, I don't want to be the people who are like jumping to conclusions so maybe maybe we ought to slow it down a bit but like mm-hmm. I will say if we want to have the do you want to win games talk like I'm not against that as a general concept I, I think there's there should be some sort of reshuffle whether that be internally like a conversation about like this is what our offensive identity is going to be this is who we're, this is who we want taking touches this is who we want uh you know touching the ball most bringing the ball up uh pl- being like empowered to play free safety on defense like yeah in general the the defense was pretty good tonight and they were at least high effort but there were so many times in which uh, the magic just basically abuse Fred as a free safety. They they would run a pick and roll on the other side, or he'd be involved in the pick and roll, and they'd be switched onto a bigger guy for whatever reason. He gets switched onto a bigger guy because he's trying to jump a passing lane, etc. And I can't. I, I it feels like maybe two hundred times Bull Bull is just like over Fred's back, like snatching a rebound uh, like out mm-hmm. of his hands. That happened. I think no exaggeration, a million times tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not ready to go there towards like the tanking talk because I just think they're too skilled. Like when you look at the talent no, on this exactly. team, it's, it's undeniable, right? So they need to figure their stuff out and like every team hits adversity and either you figure it out or you don't. Like I still believe that this team has the talent to figure it out, but they do need a shake up. Like whether it is a hierarchy thing, whether it is a trade, whether it is a benching of a guy just to show some accountability like there needs to be a shakeup. And I, I wrote on Twitter, like if Scotty or Fred is having a terrible game, which they've had a lot of recently, why do they deserve to close the game? Like Nick so far has been very safe and that he's not trying to piss anyone off. Even in the media, like you ask about Scotty and he goes, no, I'm happy with Scotty. It's like, no, you're not. Let's be, let's be honest. But 
he's he's playing the guy who doesn't want to shake anything up right and who wants to act calm and and like everything's okay when it's not but i think there has to be some sort of shake up in that regard we're like we're not happy with this and we're ready to take like extreme measures whether that means benching scotty or fred honestly i thought both of them were a lot better today than uh what we've kind of come to expect in the past like shots just didn't go down but scotty in particular compared to the first orlando game i was really happy with his kind of effort and focus today like he was not getting just beat for silly rebounds or backdoor cuts like in the first game like he was focused and he was taking the right kind of shots in the paint the touch has, has like left him a little bit but he'll refine that i'm sure um Fred took 11 shots today after taking like 20 last game. So I like that. He's not just chucking them up as much as he has in these, in this past little stretch here. So like, yeah, I I think today was really kind of just an example of OG not being there. Siakam not being good enough to carry them. And it's a tough loss, but it's not the end of the world. Um, They just, to me, honestly, this team needs to get us because here's here's let me I know I'm ranting, but to go back to like the tank top, here's why you can't do it is like not only are they too talented, but Fred OG and Siakam are all coming up on on deals in the next year. So either this offseason or next offseason and you want to keep those guys and you, so you have to keep them happy and you can't tank two years out of three years and keep those guys happy. So to me, it's like more than anything about that. So you have to compete and you got to figure out ways to to compete while keeping everybody happy but yeah that that's that's yeah. hard right now also i mean i i think the ultimate point is that like you're never going to get a uh, good value for siakam and siakam will always be too good to like have a be on a tanking team like he's the same thing with demar the demar led raptors for a while which is like he's just going to like drag you to 30 wins and beat mm-hmm. like a, these like sort of middling teams and, and then like have a few positive wins so that like they they can never trade Siakam and get full value for him, and Siakam's too good to tank. So that, that'll just people never are, happen. People are really bothering me with the trade Siakam stuff, which mm-hmm. I've seen o- o- online in the past couple of days, because it's like, how spoiled can you be- get that you haven't had a star this good since mm-hmm. Kawhi? And not only is he this good, he's developed as a Raptor into being this good. And now you want to trade him for a, a chance, at, like a whiff at maybe something good? How did this like oh, okay it bothers me because the same people who say that will are like are like hating on Scotty right now and it's like so how did that tank go you know mm. it's just like yeah, exactly, it takes a long yeah. time for young players to win in this league so I don't understand why you would want to trade Pascal but I will say that that's that's not a hate right there yeah the, the frustrating part and I think the reason people are so eager for a shakeup is it's not like this is a new team it's not a new regime like you've had the same gm for nearly a decade uh you've had the same head coach for four years you've had the same like three starters for at least three years uh, and if you don't go by like the number of games siakam uh and og were starters a lot of the time in 2019 so these guys aren't like this isn't a new team it's not like oh you have to give them some time to figure it out like the core of this team is has played together a lot a lot a Mm -hmm. lot a lot so that's i guess why the uh why the calls for like a reshuffle are coming because it's it's 
I don't think people have a lot of patience. I don't think people want to wait for this team to like re reconfigure itself. Like you, this should be configured. And I sort of agree with that in a way, like this should be configured. I don't think this is like, what, what are we, this doesn't need like time to gel. It's been four years. Yeah. And also like, there was a lot of talk this summer about the Rico runs, everyone playing together. Uh, Paul George being like, coaches, if you guys don't get off to a good start, it's on you. <laughs> and then they come out and this is their start. So, yeah, to me, there's something clearly wrong, not in the on-court fit of the team necessarily, but in the character kind of uh, combination. Like, there's something clearly amiss in terms of, everyone being happy in their role and everyone supporting each other and trusting each other. And you see these things on the court. They don't trust each other defensively. They're not clapping on the bench when guys like when role players make a nice play, like you should be like, there's just all these kind of intangible issues, which I think are such an underrated part of like building a good basketball team. And, and they're hard to quantify. So we don't talk about them too much, but there's something off with the the intangibles of this team. Like, I'm not saying they hate each other or anything like that, but it's it's pretty clear to me at this point in the season that like it it really shows up in the like lack of of consistent execution and effort. Like some games they're there to play, some games maybe they went out the other night or whatever. They're they're not focused and they're not there to play. Some quarters their defense looks amazing, and then other quarters like it's the worst defense in the league. And that to me only comes like, that's, that's not a skill thing. That's, that's a, that's a character and like intangibles thing that there's like the, the formula is just not right. If we want to use a very scientific term. <laughs> Extremely scientific term. Yeah. There is something off and ultimately like it, it they're going to talk about trades until the trade deadline like that. That's always how it is. And we'll see where the Raptors are at in even two weeks. Like we'll see where the Raptors are at at Christmas because uh, things can change very quickly. Like um, it's odd. There's just some weird inconsistencies that they've won three games on the road. Um, despite the fact that it's not like they have tremendous home court advantage. Like I get there are other aspects, but at this point the Raptors home court advantage isn't like, it's not wild. The, that that arena isn't what it used to be. Um, it there's just some there's there's just some weird stuff going on, and it's early in the season, so I'm not panicking. Uh, but with that being said, yeah, there there My... is something wrong. I think we should have the Fred conversation at least. But I was, you know, I like the way you brought up like whether or not he should be closing games. Like to me, I, I just don't see how he's part of closing lineups, especially in matchups like Orlando where they're they're kind of hunting him like they're getting they're getting Cole Anthony and on they're put Fred on Cole Anthony they're getting Cole Anthony in the high pick and roller running him off the screen and then basically isolating a big on him or like finding some way to to manipulate Fred and it, it's not good it like there there if there isn't an obvious matchup for him I don't know why I get why he's earned the right to, to close games I just don't know why he should be closing games uh, I it's it's tough to say i'm i love fred and i think that he's even like especially on the court he's one of the few people who can actually like is able to talk to the other raptors and sort of like he's a calming presence he's a generally good presence but from a basketball perspective 
just he's not he cannot match up against every team anymore, especially when he's not hitting his threes. It was one thing when it's like, okay, well he could he you know he's a bit of a mismatch in this way, or he, you know he can't really finish around the rim, but at least he's a knockdown shooter, and he's not. He's just he's actually not this year at all. Yeah, no, he's uh like I hate to use the term, but he's kind of broken, and it's really sad to watch him. Like as much as he he was definitely making a difference in this game on both ends of the floor but the way this guy played to open last season when he was an all-star was like such a dramatically better player that it doesn't make any sense to me what's happening with him because yeah he's getting picked on he's getting picked on defensively a lot like you said which never used to be the case in his career and it's not just the bigs but he's also getting beat off the dribble way more than we're used to seeing and that that was the one thing, at least on defense, you could always count on Fred for was like he's gonna keep his man in front of him, and we just haven't seen that this season. Like you said, the three ball is not going down. Like a game like this, I think he should close because who is your option to kind of, you know, like replace him? I don't, I don't really see like a yeah, great exactly. option. And you need a point guard, right? Um, they don't have a backup point guard. That's a huge problem, but. I think there have been games, like I pointed out, the Celtics loss at home the other day. That was a game where I don't understand why he closed that game. He was so bad on both ends. Um, and, and I kind of trust, like, go ahead. No, go ahead. So No, no, you go ahead. No, I kind of trust Fred is going to figure it out as the season goes on. But I-, I was saying that since the beginning of the season, like, oh, he's going to shoot himself out of this slump. I'm not too worried about it. It's definitely worrying. Um, it, but... The- the bigger concern for me is that earlier in the season or when guys are on prolonged shooting slumps, like there's still, if you have a reputation of a shooter, you have shooting gravity, you can space the floor. If you're in the corner for like a pick and roll, you can, you can like come off of a screen and, and have people actually have to like go over top of it or hedge. Like it has to like all this kind of stuff that manipulates the defense. This is stuff that matters that beyond just hitting shots. And so, you know, like extremely good shooters who aren't making shots, even for months on end, still get, you know, res- you know, still have a good positive effect on offense because of gravity. But it, it seems like over the past uh, month or maybe a little bit less than that, like the, he does not actually uh, create the same spacing he used to. I, I watched a couple Siakam possession where he's throwing the entry pass and the, the guy is Fred's guy is like turning his back fully to Fred and running to Siakam to hard, hard double, like on the catch, which is that was like unheard of for a guy who's a knockdown shooter. That doesn't happen for dudes who like can hit open shots. You would never d- immediate double off the catch. And, and that's happened a lot recently. He doesn't command the same respect as a floor spacer. That's what's really bad. It's fine if you're not making shots as long as you space the floor, but you, you, he does not. He's not commanding the same respect. And it's it's difficult. I think Zach Lowe's talked about it for years. It's like we need to figure out, like, you know, some guys have reputations as shooters and aren't making shots. Like, you know, if you just, like, what's, uh, you know, how much does it matter if you're knocking on shots if you have a reputation as a floor spacer? And it's really hard to measure, like, like you know, without really in-depth player tracking data, which is either uh, private, like, or non-existent. But it just eye test wise it, it, the gravity isn't there yeah caitlin cooper wrote something about that exact topic on 538 a little while back 
I think it was about Eric Gordon and the kind of yeah. gravity yeah. versus if you yeah. shoot or if thirty four percent from three and guys are like he's getting face guarded in the corner like yeah. he gives so much respect. Yeah, I haven't really noticed that. I'll, I'll have to pay more attention in terms of Fred not having the same kind of gravity that he has in the past. But I mean, it makes sense. Like it, it's it's a really prolonged stre- stretch stretching back to last season. Uh, the end of last season where he hasn't been able to hit threes. So yeah, that makes that makes some sense. And like not to get off of Fred, but like this also goes to Nick Nurse and the whole Raptors strategy, which is like since Tampa, we've been hearing we believe that we can develop shooting and we are drafting guys without that priority. We're drafting guys with these other priorities, you know, six nine length defense. And we are going to develop shooting. Well, I think the, the what is the saying? The verdict is out. The jury, like the jury is out. What is it? The verdict. I think the, the verdict's wouldn't out. Wouldn't it? The verdict. The jury's out. The verdict could be in. Like if the okay, if the, the jury's jury out. is out on the Raptors developing shooting with this group of players because they just don't have enough of it. Like Siakam is what he is at a shooter at this point in his career. I think. You know, like OG and Fred, whatever, we'll leave that. But like Banton and, and, and Achua and and Flynn and Boucher, all of these guys, they haven't taken the steps that would be required to say like, yes, we are successfully developing shooting. And like the stat I wanted to bring up as our, our tweet of the night, which, uh, I don't know that that's sponsored by, but like the Raptors are shooting less than Unsponsored. 30. On on for the last fourteen games, they're shooting less than thirty percent from three. So you can't win NBA games like that. Exactly, you, you cannot win games like that. Yeah. So just... I I do think Fred is definitely deserves a bulk of the blame for this season. I think Scotty also deserves a bulk of the blame for this season. Um, but it's hard to it's hard to find answers other than like yeah, accountability. If you're not playing well, you don't end the game. But at the end of the day, as like simple as it sounds, like those two just need to figure it out if they want to have success, right? Like there's no one on the bench who's coming. Malachi's not sitting there like, ooh, just give me the minutes and I'll produce like Fred. Like, no, that's not possible. We we've seen that script, right? Like those guys don't have the same type of ceiling that Fred does. So for the Raptors to get anywhere near where they were, those two have to just play better. And yeah. Like- just as like you mentioned, there's no track record of them developing shooting with this group. I agree. Um, but in general, if this sort of project where like you're not prioritizing shooting in a league that needs spacing more than anything, you're not prioritizing rim protection in a league with a bunch of like super tall dudes who like get to the rim at, at will and like you'd be nice if like I don't know, maybe there was some deterrent around the rim. <laughs> like those yeah. are two pretty pretty essential parts of basketball that they've kind of ignored in a serious way. I mean, you could argue that the Coloco pick is like a rim protection pick, but he's not in the rotation. Um, and it's tough. Like this is an experiment that is, is kind of uh, backfiring at the moment. You got to have shooting. You just can't. The, if I'm looking at the Raptors like starting lineup, especially when Gary's comes off the bench, uh, there's not one knockdown shooter beyond maybe Siakam, and you want him really on the ball anyway. You don't want him spacing the floor, so they just they just don't. You can't play four non-shooters around Siakam. It's not it's not setting him up for success. Yeah, for sure. 
Porter Porter is the guy that they brought out in to do that, and he's just been unhealthy with a very weird injury that I do not understand. But we can talk about that another time. I, I will say the uh, like okay, Fred and Barnes, that's on them. Like I don't really blame Nurse for that. That's on them to figure their stuff out and like play better, right? At the end of the day, it's not always going to be your ideal situation in terms of whatever running pick and roll or for Scotty having the ball in his hand. Like you need to figure out ways to play better in the current system. But yeah, I don't think it's true that they haven't prioritized those things. I think they've struck out because like, that's what the rumors have said. Like Malcolm Brogdon, they tried to go and get him. They struck out Andrew Nemhard. It sounds like they tried to draft him and they struck out. Um, they have this interest in Pirtle for years. Like, it seems like they've just been close on getting these type of players that they clearly need. But yeah, like they haven't pri- prioritized it enough. And we're really seeing the the issues with that. So I want to talk about like trades and kind of what holes that we they need to plug. But before we do, let's talk about Manscaped. Um, Manscaped.com. It's holiday season, guys. Everybody has to go get holiday presents. So why not do it now? Get out ahead of it so you don't have to be at like the Eaton Center on Saturday with hundreds of kids running around you. Just order from manscaped.com. You can get these little boxes that come with like a, a razor and and a, a hair trimmer and some creams and lotions, like 60 bucks minus 20% off free shipping with the code wrap up. That's that's a great deal. So that's R-A-P-U-P code wrap up at manscaped.com uh, for 25, 20% off. And yeah, they have great products for male grooming. We should say. Do you have anything to add to the Manscaped read? Uh, have you really used your product yet, Kyle? Absolutely. Um, no, Same. it's they're they're uh, it's like a really cheap uh, grooming set for like if you look at whatever in your local uh, department store, like the Philips razors are just eighty dollars. Like you can just get a cheaper one for what is that $60, 20% $48 or whatever it is. Like it's, it's, that's almost nothing free shipping. It's almost nothing. So I yeah, I, I use mine. I use mine too. And I had a great time. Very safe. No, it's like, it's very hard to like cut yourself with it, with the electric razor. It's waterproof and, yeah. or water filling. You can like clean it off easily. Like it's nothing worse than like you sh- you're shaving your face and like, you, you got to like knock it on the thing, you know? It's nice. Yeah, it's it's a good product. Quality, they're quality right. products. That's it, Manscaped. So let's talk about what would you prioritize if like you could add one thing? Would it be a shooter? Would it be a center? Like what would you prioritize for this team? Yeah, it's it's, it's shooting. And I, I have this comment here from Timber Timber or Timbre Timbre, depending on I don't know how we're trying to interpret that one. She says, can't blame the coach for not hitting open threes. Yeah, I I agree. Like whatever, there's the players missing shots, but you kind of you can blame the coach for not playing lineups with shooters. Like you can blame the coach for not like, but well, how come uh, there there's like they're so insistent on on running like five guys together who are basically non shooters? Like, um, I I need to see Malachi Flynn. I get that whatever. I, I get that whatever. Like he's he hasn't had a proven track record of being like a track record of being a knockdown shooter in the NBA, but like. In theory, he should be hitting shots. Like he can hit this shots. Season, I, I watched the summer league highlights. I watched like the. Didn't he drop? He dropped seventy points in a pro am game. He was hitting shots there. Like I, there's some proof. There's some evidence. Like no, this season he's what? one of the best 
three-point shooters on a albeit low volume. I was going to say, like, I was going to say, like I've, the sample size is so low that it's but, it's really but still really tough when to, you have this few shooters on the team. I agree with you. I don't understand why he's not playing. I just, as an aside, Mauricio says, please don't solicit goods and services, man. What do you want me to be broke? Come on, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. For me, I, I would actually go the center direction. And I think, like, even this game was a good example of like Birch in that little stretch in, the, in to start the third quarter was you just saw how much better he was than Coloco. But now imagine upgrading on that <laughs> like get a starting center in this group and everything is easier for them because yeah like they the rim protection just hasn't been consistent at all this season and coloco gives you something in that department for sure but he's just unable to kind of stay on the floor and do anything offensively and i just feel like when they do play with like coloco and a rim protector and and the numbers kind of back this up with the fact that they've been good defensively like Guys are just a little bit more comfortable, what whatever, like going for steals or just not having to play like such a tiring brand of basketball as much as as without a center. And that I don't think has really worked as a backup center very well. Um, he's had his stretches for sure when Siakam was out, but recently, just the the lack of rim protection when that is out there is really bad. So like. If if they could get like a Pirtle, who again he's not a seamless fit, I get it. He's not a shooter and all that stuff, but I just think this team would make so much more sense right off the bat. And then and then the other thing is obviously like that third guard, obviously someone who can shoot. Every time I watch Andrew Nemhard, I cry a little bit because the Raptors could have got him. Um, but to me, it's like Caruso would be the perfect Raptor, his third guard. Um, I just like his on-ball defense, and he can knock down some shots. Good, um, good player. Yeah, and you know we were talking about like whether or not they prioritize shooting, and uh, you said like it just hasn't worked out. But they, like at some point you got to stop trying to hit home runs, and and with guys who are like super athletic and have this like great defensive profile and the, this you know terrific athletic upside, and just pick a dude who is like slightly less tall and and has slightly shorter wingspan and it like doesn't necessarily have like a defensive pedigree and can actually shoot the ball like they i cannot believe like the desmond bain pick is gonna like that's another guy i can't watch i can't root for him i I cannot and they're fun too which is the worst part is like i want to like the yeah oh i i like the the team i just can't root for him man like bain is is a knockdown shooter and that was like that was could have so easily translated from college. I, if you like watch his college highlights or you, I kind of remember him like that was an obvious pick and they went for a guy who fit the Fred mold. There, there are just a lot of picks in which, and a lot of free agency decisions or trade decisions with the fad thing where like uh, they're, they're putting their draft capital or their general, like, you know, player capital into finding guys with a certain athletic profile Uh and uh, not necessarily shooting profile, and maybe it ought to yeah. be time to like pick it. Just just get like a Kyle Korver, a knockdown shooter, and just play him and try to figure out the defensive stuff later. Yeah, I was listening to the Raptors show, and I thought Joe Wolfon made a good point about like they would talk about the Bane pick, and like it's good to have an identity and something that you want to look like, something that you want to 
prioritize, but it can't come the ex- at like it can't yeah. be such a narrow view that that's all you do. And, and he mentioned the expense of like winning basketball. <laughs> like it can't. Yeah, like, yeah. You you lean too far into something that like it's just it's not working. Yeah, and and I th- someone he brought up is Jordan Clarkson, who at first glance is like not at all a Raptorsy player, but like knocked down like a hell of a shooter. His passing has been a lot better this season. A ball handler who you can actually give the ball to in like tight moments when the defense has really turned up the aggression and trust him not to turn it over. Like that type of player even would just provide so much relief um, for this Raptors offense. And like, yeah, it, it definitely becomes a little bit hard to defend around him, especially if Fred isn't at the peak of his powers. Um, but to me, it feels like you have to kind of shake up the Gary spot in things where he, he to me seems like by far the most likely guy to be gone by the deadline, just not even out of anything Gary has done wrong, but just out of the like fact that like they need a shake up and he's on an expiring contract and he makes sense as a guy who you kind of trade to fill, to just figure something out like. Maybe you get a more traditional three and D player so that now there's one less guy kind of vying for shots. Um, maybe you get a center for a similar reason, but yeah, I, I do think Gary is kind of the guy who you look at and, and is the most likely to be traded. But I, I think some crazy stuff could happen this deadline for sure. I was gonna say that I think Masai is probably seeing all he needs to see in terms of like whether he's super committed to keeping this core together. I will say I want to reference this. Uh, oh, I shouldn't. Should I not put this? I shouldn't even put the. There's a curse word in this, and Zarar's. So uh, I won't say the curse word. Should we put it on the screen? Anyway, look. It says. I think it's this okay. in the middle stuff never works. And yeah, it's just for the to, podcast. You can you can put. Oh, uh, okay. I'm throwing it up there. Fire me. I dare you. Um. They, uh, he, this is in reference to like whether or not you should be tanking or trying to win games, and I, I gotta disagree with this. Like, who, um, who, the, the Raptors are like the most successful example in recent memory of a team that did make this in the middle stuff work. They've hung around and were good enough and had a, a good enough supporting cast until they were capable of trading for a player who was a ceiling raiser. Like, who's to say this, uh, you know, this. This is not like the future for the Raptors forever. This is not the end be all end all. They're not satisfied with like being a play in team, but this is this was the blueprint that they followed. They won a championship four years ago. Like, how high can our expectations be? I think it does work. This is the one team, the Raptors are the one team in the recent history of the NBA that made this work. Like, uh, I yeah. couldn't be, I'm not, I'm not disappointed with like, the direction of the team in terms of like, I think they should be tanking or they should make a win now move and go trade all their draft picks for uh, the next star that, that comes up, even if that's a mediocre star. Um, I'm kind of there, not there. like a mediocre star, but I'm definitely like in the place where like these guys, Fred to a lesser extent, but Siakam OG, especially they deserve an opportunity to win. And you have all your draft picks, right? Like, start building your next championship team you haven't made a single trade yet to do that when i look at boston who's like the biggest good comparison it's like they got horford with a pick then they got white with a pick then they got brogdon with a pick 
start doing that because these guys need to know that you're serious about winning and that like there is help around them. If I was Siakam right now, I'd be feeling like they I have no help. Um, so yeah, like I I don't think they should be looking to get worse. I, okay, if this season has to become kind of a transition season, worst case, fine. But they definitely shouldn't be like trading veterans to get worse in the long term. They should be looking to get better by next season, especially at the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 you know what? I almost feel wrong doing this without Aiden on the podcast, but like, how are we feeling about moving back 10 picks for Thad Young now when he can't crack the rotation against the Magic and this is our team's losing games to the Magic? Like, did we want to move back those 10 spots? We wanted to trade a first round pick for Thad. I think that's like the sort of the counter argument to the statement you just made. Like, yeah, you can move picks for these guys who like, are incrementally improving your team, but doesn't really like take you above and beyond. But like those, those pick that can come in, you know, that could be a, a little tough at times. Like that does not play Horford. Okay. Horford miraculously made himself back into an NBA player, but he was like dead money at one point. <laughs> so like, that's yeah. the, like, you know, guys fall off, especially trading for aging veterans. Like those guys don't last forever. It's tough. I will say when yeah. you're referencing the Jordan Clarkson thing about bringing in a guy who isn't necessarily a, a fit and there are other comments saying, oh, like, oh, every team needs shooting. Like, who, who do I want? Uh, when Clarkson came into that Quinn Snyder team, and I get that they were basically like that team, those Quinn Snyder teams would be basically looked at like as failures in retrospect because they did nothing in the playoffs, won a lot of regular season games. But when Jordan Clarkson came into that team, he was not a fit at all. Like, they had a different mm-hmm. identity. Uh, and were a similarly like defensive team, um, or at least like postured to be because Rudy Gobert cleaned up everyone's messes. But um, it, it, they just made it work, and they're a good team now. And and Clarkson's a, like a, a in, integral part of a good NBA team. And they they just found they just picked a dude who was talented, who they didn't really care whether it was like a character a character fit, a like a. A whatever like a basketball fit a culture fit in terms of like who wants the shots on this team like etc and they, they just picked up a dude who's a good basketball player who could shoot the ball and it worked out like sometimes you just need to like uh swallow your pride a little bit and and not try to like build a team construct a team in such a hyper specific manner just pick up guys who are good nba players and, and warp your strategy around them yeah, and I think uh, Donovan Mitchell is another good example of that. And like w- with the Raptors, especially, like the price for him was not anywhere yeah, near it was crazy. Low. It was low, and um, that's ridiculously and, and, low. Yeah, and I was guilty of being like, "Well, I would worry about a, a Fred Donovan Mitchell backcourt defensively," but at the same time, it's like it's not always going to be durant being available like the perfect fit you know sometimes it's just going to be a guy who who is going to compromise something whether it's your defense or whatever it is um but yeah to the point about like building from the middle it's just like the goal is to get better the goal is not to go from a lottery team to a championship team that never happens like that's why that argument is so silly it's like even the teams that that tank and go through the lottery at one point have to be in the middle you know and it's like oh are you just going to be like no tank again this team is is a middling team no you got to figure it out the boston celtics they figured it out a year ago today they were a losing team and people were saying trade jalen brown 
and they just figured it out. They added a couple pieces, which I think is very telling and informative. They added White and Brogdon, which are two ball handlers and shooters um, who ease the load on Brown and, and Tatum. And more than anything, I think that team kind of figured out, like, it, you got to sacrifice to win. And that's what the Raptors have not figured out. Everyone wants these touches. Everyone's pouting. Everyone's down. It's like, no, you got to sacrifice to win in this league. And to me, that's like the big mindset shift they have to make. Because if you're going to bring in more talent, that means everyone's getting less shots who is on the roster currently. Um, so they have to kind of show that they're okay with that happening. Yeah. And uh, David said picks are not real until draft night players are real now. Um but I get that, but you you have to appreciate like the contractual aspect of having young players who like you have control over at a low level of salary. Because then if you want to make these like superstar ceiling raising moves, whether it be like trading for Kawhi or trading for a player who's like, uh, you know, wants that big contract, like the Harden trade is a classic example of like, OK, so you didn't want to pay him. The Houston was a team that was comfortable paying them. They created, they had the cap room. They had a flexible roster because they had a whole bunch of young talent that they could trade or basically use their young talent they had amassed through the draft as yeah. as their role players around a, a guy you can pay a lot of money. So it's it's not not just necessarily like it's it's, it's nice to get veterans in, and that it's also nice to have guys who you don't have to pay a lot of money at all. That's why Zorro keeps yeah. us around. But I do think the Raptors are ready to make like they have enough young players on rookie contracts. Um, I I don't think they they need to keep using every first round pick to develop more guys when like Malachi and Delano, these guys aren't getting minutes to develop. So there's diminishing returns to bringing guys in if you can't find the minutes to develop. So that's more than anything why I'm like trade those picks. Like, even if you use that pick, what are you using it on that's going to actually... Is that person going to play minutes in the NBA? And if not, what is the point? I just think the Raptors are at a point right now where they're ready to make a consolidation trade. They're ready to trade some future picks and, like, get serious about winning. Because right now there's a very young team still, but one that wants a win. And that doesn't really make sense. Yeah, the problem with the consolidation trade is like everyone wants a consolidation trade. If you play like any sort of fantasy sports, you always have like a, that guy who's like sending yeah. like three three bench guys for a starter like every day. Three different bench. What if yeah. I traded you four four of my bench players for your <laughs> your two starting running backs? Like, look, you get so many points. You know, like this is this is like everyone in every aspect wants to do the consolidation trade. It's just it's tough to consolidate. Like there aren't enough guys who you consolidate for. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I I don't actually know who the next star was. The, the problem was that KD was the consolidation worthy guy. Like he was there. Sure. He was sitting there uh, on a silver platter. Um, and the Raptors. I don't know if he, he was on a consolidation. No, it I, sounded like they were never very serious. It just sounded like they were never really serious about trading him. Like, it, like no one got close was was always the reporting. That's yeah, that is true. But if he if he does become seriously available, they have, they need to get they need to get on that for sure. Um. Anyways, I think that's about it. You good? You good to go on that? We should do, do the tax it. man first. We should do yeah. We should tax man. Yeah. Is Nobody impressed Ken me. Burch? No, Ken we're Burch. not giving it to any players. No, actually. <laughs> 
I think Gary is someone I've been hard on over the years, and he's he's having a really nice stretch right now. So I'll give it to Gary Trent Jr. He's been impressing me, just like his professionalism since getting sent to the bench. Um, and just he's the only one that can knock down a three. He's really the only like release valve that the Raptors can pass to at the top of the arc and expect to get like any any offensive creation out of um in like a typical guard manner with yeah, with Fred playing this way. And, um, and I was gonna say the same, like the the guy is the only shooter. And we were talking earlier about um who who would be the most likely to we would move and you thought it was Gary. Yeah. And like I get that I, from a contractual and just like a player perspective it makes sense. But from a basketball perspective, it's just like the the problem in many ways is shooting. You can't just move your shooter for another guy. It's like a lateral move. You're right. He's I think no. There were moments tonight, which especially when they push late and they cut it to like, uh, I guess, 11, maybe they cut it to nine for a sec. I can't exactly remember. There are moments in which like I had the tiniest bit of belief in like, oh, Gary could get hot here and maybe win the game potentially. And I'm not even going to like, I know that sounds depressing. I'm not going to pretend I'm not going to pretend like, oh, wow, I I thought he was going to do it. Like that was never really happening. But I did think he was the one bright spot, especially late in the game. So you got to give him credit for sure. And, and honestly, he's been driving the ball a lot better than we've when we've seen from in the past. Like, I, I do still think Gary's getting better as a player. He even he, he made a nice pass today to Fred in the corner. Um, So Gary is getting better. But yeah, it's it's a weird contract thing. And you're right, though, if they trade him, they absolutely need to find a way to to get shooting back in that deal or in a separate deal. Like, there's no way you can trade Gary and not bring in a guard who can shoot because then there would just be one guard and uh that would be that would be problematic but yeah that should do it tax man of the game goes to gary trent jr visit canamtax.com or call the number at the top of the screen for all your taxing needs because tax season's right around the corner coming up in like march i think so you can right get out ahead of that get it's, out ahead of right it, here you know? <laughs> i'm already thinking about it because I'm like, when will I get money back or have to give money? You know, you got to think these things early. So, yeah, go to canamtax.com. They're going to help you out and they're going to get you money back that you deserve. That's about it for tonight. Um, Should we check with Mauricio for... if we're allowed to do Taxman too? He was very critical of the man's gift one. Mauricio, oh, so yeah. are you okay? Mauricio, are you okay with that tax too much services? solicitation on the podcast? Mauricio, oh, yes. I hope you're okay with it, buddy. All right. Anyway, this was a tough one. Uh, and if honestly, if you were one. here, I will say, if you're here, and we got a, a decent viewership, um, considering the circumstances, if you're here, please just like the video. I know you like, I, I if you watched it, unless you're hate watching us, like you you just spent a, a nearly an hour with us after one of the worst games I've ever seen. You should you should drop a like, please. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it. We appreciate all of you guys, and it's uh, it's great to have this much support mm-hmm. on night like tonight. So we're thankful. For sure. For sure. We'll be back Wednesday night after the Raptors play the Kings. Thanks again. Bye.